Welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. Time you run! Welcome back for Season 2 of the Final Whistle. My name is Dale, we have Fifey and Trevor in the studio for the 2020 season preview. How are we boys? Mate, pretty good. Uh, you know, loving life, loving the weather changes. I just wish all the people overseas didn't pray for so much bloody goddamn rain to have majority of trials this weekend washed out. But other than that, mate, doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm amazing, mate. That's good to hear, boys. Five days out from the season kickoff. Yeah, can you smell it? <laughs> that, that awesome smell the week of and it's just for some reason you know when we were kids leading into Christmas it went really really slow as we're adults leading into the start of football season goes absolutely painstakingly boringly slow oh definitely mate like, as I said mate once the Australian Open finishes we know we like we can smell the new speedums and we just want the game to start yeah. Captain's Challenge Trev <coughs> thoughts on this going into the 2020 season yeah, mate, I'm excited about it. I love the idea. You know, at the end of the day, um, the captains, they get it right. They get it right. If they get it wrong, well, that's it. And then we can just move forward and keep on playing the game. Yeah, 10 seconds, uh, I believe, is uh, <coughs> all, it, all it takes. Uh, it, I guess it's going to come, you know, come straight away from, uh, <coughs> from the captain. But I've heard that clubs, certain clubs have already started getting a, an analyst that's going to be watching the game tightly so how, how quick then can they replay that quickly to be able to say yay or nay the, the footy's becoming too, too much uh, analyst leave the captain's challenge for the captain on the field coaches to shut up and, and oh definitely that try just hope that none of the NRL clubs hire the Australian crew captain Tim Payne <laughs> <laughs> three from 30 <laughs> three from three what has he got Three out of twenty-seven, right, or something? Oh, something like that. <laughs> it's it's atrocious, but anyways, uh, episode one, season two, twenty twenty. Um, today we'll preview all around sixteen, uh, all sixteen teams for the season ahead. Um, we'll talk about the NRL advert. Um, I know Fife is going to talk about that, but the main point of thing is that he'll be talking about is expansion talk. <laughs> uh, uh, other than that, let's just jump straight into it. So before we'll... we go ahead, guys. We're gonna, are we going to do that counter? Are we going to have a counter on you this year, Dale? Or are we just going to let it slide? Well, the trues and the 100%. <laughs> <laughs> nah, the main one's the arms. Let's, the arms, let, 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 let's have an arms count. I've got two already. I've got two arms on, on me. Trev's got two arms and you've got two arms. You're allowed six, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Who are we going to start with for the preview? Who do you want to start with? Uh, let's go Brisbane, eh? Awesome, Brisbane. So they copped the 58 0 loss to Parramatta Week 1 in the 2019 final series. They see management change to their captain and leadership group. Their first uh, full pre season under coach Anthony Seabole, who will need to work his magic if he wants to bring Holt to the 14 year premiership drought. Alex Glenn is the new captain. Uh, they've signed Jesse Arthurs, Brody Croft, and um, Corey Parker as the new full time assistant coach. The draw is good to them with the opening four out of five rounds. They play sides who finished outside the top eight last year. Then 
from rounds 5 to 16, they have the most 6 and 7 and 8 day turnarounds from the rest of the competition and the least amount of 5 day turnarounds. I believe they only have one in the whole year, maybe zero, I can't, I can't really remember. This will uh, be a massive advantage when, with play fatigue and recovery. They'll need to sort out the contracts with David Vita sooner rather than later, with a few other key players off contract also in 2020. A few questions we'll jump on here, boys. Um, What's the best back line, um, the Broncos, from one to seven, you see it? Uh, Osako, Oates and, and Arthur's on the wing. Centres, you'd have to have Jack Bird and Katoni Sags with Milford and and uh, Brody Coff in, in the halves with uh, Darius Boyd, unfortunately, playing that number 14 role, I believe, for this year. Yeah, no, I agree with Wifey with what he just said. You know, like Seabold, you know, trying to get that back on working up there. Like, we've got good talent, but just finding the right connections. Uh, nothing against Darius Boyd. You know, like, he's been a stalwart. He's, he's a veteran of the game. But as we know, the other day he just announced he will be retiring. But I think Brisbane have to move forward uh, with that. Yeah, giving him, I believe, giving him limited time. Um, you know, to come on in that 14, I guess, uh, you know, just to just tire out each, each, each side of the halves and possibly possibly help out the, the hooker there or maybe, you know, stick one of the halves into there for 15, 20 minutes, whichever way they're going to work it. <coughs> I don't see him, oh, well, I don't see him, and personally I wouldn't have him in the in the back line, however, I've been at this last year and, and, and the, um, you know, the... The knowledge that he's had over the 15 years that he's played, you'll probably you can almost bet your your, your last dollar you got that he will be in that one to seven somewhere. I uh, just on the, uh, the the six seven eight day turnaround, you're going to get a six seven eight day turnaround if you're playing Friday every week. Um, so unfortunately, that's the way it works, and it's the reason why they probably want to bring in a second Brisbane-based side, which we'll get to later on. Uh, moving on, Dragons. Staff overhaul, including the appointments of Premiership winning Carlisle duo of Shane Flanagan and James Shepard as new assistant coaches. It will bring new structures, attitude and experience. Adrian Jimenez has also come on board as strength and conditioning coach, replacing Alex Clark. Uh, Gareth Widdop has obviously left, gone to Super League. Trent Merritt has come back from Super League and they've got uh, Isaac Luke from the Warriors, Braden Uwiliami and Terrell Fuimano, as well as they've just added recently uh, Billy Britton, who was New South Wales um, Canterbury Cup hooker of the year last year. That's just to cover Cameron McGuinness's injury, injury that he's copped. So they've got two quality backup dummy halves now. Uh, they haven't got the best draw from round three to round eight. They play all sides who finished in the eight last year. They've got two five-day turnarounds and in round two and round 24. And then also they've got the whole Jack DeBellum off-field drama that's still hanging over. The injury toll from the nines. And then also unresolved futures of star players Tyson Frizzell and Lafay. <coughs> they've also got a great amount of uh, fringe talent coming through who are off contract which will also be another issue for uh, Mary McGregor to handle. <coughs> the questions that we've got here, 
First of all, Trev, is, uh, will James Graham retire at the end of 2020? Mate, I think James is just going to keep on playing. I reckon he's going to wait till the end of 2021 so he can have another shot to play in the World Cup back in England. And at the moment, he's playing good football. Like, he's doing what he has to do. He's hard, he's tough, and he's still fit, and he's <coughs> injury-prone. So why he's still doing it, letting people keep on playing? Another player, you know, second player, or, yes, yeah, second player to have played 400 top-line games, even though a lot of people don't rate the Super League However, it is their top flight of competition. So then he's come out here at the back end of his career and still kicked on. And you know, him and Cameron Smith are both playing over 400. Yeah, no, definitely, mate. Like he came out here back in 2012, signed the Bulldogs. You know, he came from a pretty good setup there at St Helens. Obviously, we know the Bulldogs made the grand final that year. Like I believe he was one of the main reasons off the back of his hard work, and he's a leader. And I think. If the Dragons are going to go any good this year, they need him on the field. <coughs> what, about, um, what about Mary McGregor, Dale? Yeah. He'll be the first coach sack. It's a, it's a two-way race out of, out of him and Stephen Kearney, I reckon. 100%. And in, 100%. I, I know <laughs> I, you hate me saying it, but just on James Graham, uh, if, if like the body's still fit, why not? You know, um, you got Cameron Smith, 38, 37, 38, still kicking it. Uh, but you like see the footage James. that we shared on the on the page today? People are already asking how the hell we've got Cameron Smith's uh, last game of football in the NRL footage. <laughs> <laughs> if our Dragons go none in three, none in four, none in five, whatever you want to call it, it'll be gone before even April comes. Oh, I don't... I, yeah, I don't... Oh, Dragons are going to have to improve from last year, I believe. I don't see him in the eight. I see him in that... 8th to 13th bubble, which is going to be separated by two points, I reckon. It'll come down to you for and against the uh, the bubble of getting in or missing this year. So, uh, <coughs> and on that as well, I forgot to, tell, I forgot to mention about, yeah, I've got Bulldogs at 9th, they're going to just miss. I mean, not Bulldogs, Bron uh, Broncos at 9th, they're going to just miss. Definitely. Okay, guys, we'll move over now to Manly. So, pretty much a winter squad or season in 2019. Des Hazler's side overachieved. The healthcare squad could cause more problems late in the final series. Uh, only adding Denny Levi to the squad, but welcome back a few more players from season-ending injuries last season. We feel like a more freshen-up squad. The club has a new CEO, <coughs> Stephen Humphrey. Uh, they played a minor premise in both grand final sides in the opening four rounds, but four of the opening six games are at the Fortress, Wado Land. The bulk of the starting 17th from last season is signed beyond 2020, Apart from Moses Sealy, Corey Waddell and Brendan Elliott. The question I need to put to you guys is that it's Des's second year. How do you reckon Manly will go from last year and will they make the top eight this year? Barring injuries, mate. Like you saw it last year with injuries. They still bloody made the bloody eight and, 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 and went real good. So, should they have a strong squad? Yeah, they're, they're up there within the top four contenders. Uh... Moses Sui will be a beast. Uh, I know when we did our projected top 17, we left him out of the 17, which a lot of people kind of blew up at us. But uh, yeah, he, 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 will, he will go pretty far uh, on, that, on that left edge or the right edge, wherever they want to play him. He can play both edges, really. Josh Schuster has been upgraded to a top 30. That's another one that our good old mate that a manly supporter, there's not many of them out there. Uh, they, uh, they they heckled us without that. And I remember seeing Josh used to play last season 
and that, and I've said back then because he was only in the SG Ball squad. I said, kid's got a future, and that because when he went out injured, the SG Ball squad it um, died died down. But even though they made the grand final, but still, like, I can't believe if he played in the grand final, they're going to win. What do you reckon, mate? You know, not, not screw screw what the sponsors use as Brookie. Uh, you, <laughs> you reckon you reckon have a Brookie this year? You reckon they've got the uh, the track running better? It's not going to be a sand trap. It's not going to be an ankle and a knee problem. You'd want to hope so. Hopefully that the uh, that, that that side of football um, is dealt with by the professionals. Uh, second year syndrome. I've got mainly in my in my eight, only because surely they can't have a repeat of. Well, let's look at the last couple of years. We've, you know, when Barrett was there, they had tons of injuries. Has the comeback had tons of injuries? So um, they'll be there, there and about. I don't feel that they'll make the top four, um, but they'll be, you know, they'll be in there amongst the, the bottom half of the eight. It takes a manly, manly person to coach a manly team. Now they've proved that by having Barrett come in and absolutely shocking. And you know, Barrett, Barrett came from Penrith. Like that's where he started his coaching stuff. Penrith has a superb setup, and obviously Manly didn't. <laughs> you, but you got to make do with what your surroundings is, and, and, and at the end of the day, it comes down to your coaching talent. Uh, I've got Manly at fifth. Uh, I believe that four and against will keep them out of the top four. Well, we'll go across now to the Manly's rivals from the eighties, um, Parramatta Eels, from Wooden Spoon to fifth. Out went Corey Norman, income rookie Dylan Brown. Bankwest Stadium turned into a fortress, but their form on the road wasn't good enough for a top four position. Improving on that this season is a must if they want to break their premiership duck. Ryan Madison and RCG strengthen the squad. The draw has been very kind. Only faced the grand finalists once each. Play five sides who finished outside the top eight last year each <coughs> twice. They do not play a top eight side from 2019 until round seven. The big test back-to-back away games to Brookie and down into Melbourne. Uh, the consistency of their halves will be very critical again this season. A couple of questions for you two gentlemen. How do they fix their travel woes? Mate, I just think, like with their travel woes, I think they just need to get the players in the mindset. It's about players' attitude. And that, like when they go away, like obviously I don't know what their preparation's like when they do go away. And that, so I can't really say too much, but it just comes back down to players' attitudes and their mindsets when they do go away. Guys, you're here for work, we're not going on a holiday. Yeah, no, don't worry about your party afterwards. Worry about worry about what's on the football field and then worry about partying when you win. Uh, it's just, yeah, look, travelling does a lot of things to a lot of different people. You know, you can find teams that travel away and they, uh, they go real good, but then on the other hand, you can have, you know, Teams go away and they get absolutely towered up. It's, again, what Trevor said, it's basically their their um, mindset. They've got a they've got a beast backline. Oh, four pack now with Ryan Madison, Regal Campbell Gillard. He's just got to get over his his injuries of the last couple of years. Uh, you know, they've got a real good a real good squad, and there are a lot of people out there tipping them to be premiers. How much pressure <coughs> is on Mitchell Moses this year? Uh, Mitchell Moses. It doesn't matter if they throw in the number seven jersey, they're always going to be under pressure at Parramatta because the last time they won a premiership, Peter Sterling was the halfback. So we've seen that over But how many, how many people have been t- 
counted as an expert of Sullivan since he retired? Oh, plenty. <laughs> so it's going to be plenty of pressure. But, uh, mate, he's going to have the pressure. Has he matured as a player over the last couple of years? Oh, like I think he has. But he needs to step up <coughs> again if uh, Parramatta are going to go better. I believe he's just got to bring his nines form from the World Cup nines, not not so much the Perth nines. The World Cup nines, if he can bring that performance and, and that energy, you know, and, and you, you can find gaps. It doesn't matter how many players there are on the field. A good player can always find the gaps. Uh, you know, he's he, he's doing good. He's, you know, he's got Blake Ferguson that he can kick to on one wing, Mike Asiro on the other wing. So... <sighs> He, uh, he, he will go pretty far to being up there for Daily M player of the year if he can play consistent football. I've got Parramatta coming in at the third. I think the key for Moses is having a, a great um, last kick option. You know, turning, turning the big forwards around or kicking that 40-20, putting the ball out when he has to put out. I think Joey was a specialist at that, you know, when his forwards are tired. Um, so there's not much pressure. There's a lot of pressure there because they always talk about Peter Sterling. But I think if he just plays his natural game and, and gets the forwards to move forward uh, and turns the opposition around, um, that's, that's all the 1% is for him. Yeah, 40 20, 20 40s. Yeah, whatever it takes. Move, move, move the scrum to the middle of the, of the field, whatever, all these new rules. Uh, moving on to the Cowboys. <coughs> Coming off of this point in 2019 season, North Queensland side, they have a new stadium, they've got a new fullback. They've got a new statue replicating their uh, their great leader there for many years in Jonathan Thurston. And they've got some awesome, talented youth coming through that diehard Cowboy fans should be jumping out of their skin with excitement. So the new recruits, as we already mentioned, uh, Valentine Holmes, Reese Robson, will add more quality and depth to the squad. Holmes was a crucial member of that Sharks Premiership winning outfit in 2016 while scoring 20... 19 tries in 26 games and he has a lot of good things coming out of the Dragons camp of how talented that Robson was down there and he is now up at Cowboys. <coughs> Are the Cowboys going to be a dark horse in 2020? I've, I've picked them in the eight. I reckon they'll be the, the big movers. I reckon they'll be the Parramatta of 2019. Uh, there's nothing else nothing else stopping them. Uh, move forward. They've moved on for the JT retiring. They've had a couple of seasons now. Uh, Morgan's hopefully fit. They've got a six um, in Drinkwater. They've also got Clifford. They've brought Holmes back to a five, six-year contract. All their Fords are all under contract. Everything's going great for them. If they stay um, injury-free and they start off well. Um, and just taking on that, I remember something the other day, Cowboys need to take on that, that heart or that form from 2015. That, like, that's five years ago, guys. Um, let's just move on um, now because they, they, I think they're always looking back or when JT was here or when we did this. This is the Cowboys of 2020. Let's move forward to what makes them a great side. And they've got great halves, but also their forward pack is lethal. So their, their halves just got to jump on, on the back of their forward pack and they go forward. Hamiso to bow for the does he get a top 30 contract after his blistering speed at the Nines? I think uh, let him have a run in the Queensland Cup. Yep. In the, Again. What, in Again. The ISC. Let him have a, another season under that. Uh, have him on a development contract at the moment. Let him have another full season. See how he goes. <coughs> if his form warrants it, 
like if he's playing good earlier on and his form warrants it, well then yeah, upgrade him. But we all know like the nines are is different to thirteen aside. Yes, he's got plenty of speed to burn. Uh, he could be an X factor for him, but you've got to remember he's still young. He's still learning the game. I just let him go back, enjoy his football in the Intrust Super Cup, and go from there. Yeah, so he's only 18. He is indeed on a on a development contract. So theoretically speaking, they could use him after round 16. So after <coughs> July 4th, they could use him. Uh, in the back end of the season for three or four games, should they uh, should they be <coughs> out of that eight uh, and got injuries on the, on on the the wings, they could bring him in there. And as Trev said, you know, if he comes out and carves up and scores three or four tries a week for uh, North Devils, well then yeah, they would have to upgrade him. And I I, I believe that. That last spot that the Cowboys have got at this stage is for him, should he do that. <coughs> I've got Cowboys coming in at seventh. I reckon if um, Cowboys don't have many injuries in, in the in the back line there, I reckon they'll just, like I said, like Trev said, keeping in Q Cup or ISP, whatever you want to call it. I, um, but I feel if they get lots of injuries in the back line, so Felt goes down or Masters goes down, and they're struggling for outside backs, moving in into that. They'll use that, but I feel that they're a forward short, maybe in, in maybe in the second row or someone off the bench. Um, so they've they've got two hookers there. They've got. Um, so just remember, like in their forward pack, you know, they've got Jordan McLean, who's like a good player. You know, like he's represented Australia. They've got Tom Tamalomo, or we all know what he's like. They they need him to be fire, and they need. Jordan McLean need to be firing, but just guys just need to step up now. And they, they especially like with no Matt Scott there anymore, you know what I mean? So they just they've got uh, they've got Mr. Every position in Johnny Asiata. Yeah, that's right. He, he he's another player who can play anywhere as well. He's the biggest heartbreak they, I've ever seen. Yeah, Holler, they got Holler, Dunn. Mate, they got some good players come through and I'll be like excited to see what they actually bring for this year. But anyway, guys, we'll move over now to the Cronulla Sharks. Is it Cronulla Sharks or is it Cronulla St. George Sharks? How, how, how are we going to call them this year, especially when they're at Cobra? So, yeah, it's a new era for the Cronulla side. Uh, the, Sharks haven't, uh, the Sharks won't have the retired Paul Gallon for the first time in 20 season. Uh, with Chad Townsend, Andrew Fafita, Wayne Graham and Jason Bakuya, the only players left from the 2016 Premiership team. Sorry. Uh, the most experienced roster game-wise in 2019, the Sharks now boast only nine players that have notched 40-plus NRL appearances. Cronulla haven't missed a final since 2014, and they'll be aiming to return to the top four in 2020. Home games will have a different feel as the Sharks share uh, Nostrada Jubilee Oval in Cogra with the Dragons, while the Leagues Club adjoining Point Bet Stadium undergoes construction. Uh, Jesse Raymond returns to the Shire, and as we know, uh, Matty Pryor jetted off to the Leeds Rhinos, and Jaden Braley to the Knights. Uh, they signed Cameron King to be a backup for Blake Braley, but we all know Cameron King got injured, and uh, for and he'll be out for the majority of the season. Interesting to see how uh, Blake goes. Sharks don't leave Sydney until round six. They have a tough call in between the origin time of round 15 and 22. And they play sides who finish in the top eight in 2019. 
They've had nine players coming off contract in 2020. The question to ask you boys, how does John Morris fit eight players in the five positions? Jesse Raymond, Bronson Sherry, Josh Dugan, Josh Morris, Renata Moataro, Sione Katoa, William Kennedy, and Matt Moylan. Yeah, she's a, she's a good question, mate. Let uh, Josh Morris go to the Roosters will be one. Well, <laughs> let me tell you right now, right? Josh Morris. Oh, wait, no. I, I reckon they won't let Josh Morris go until after round five, after they play the Roosters. Yeah. And Matt Moylan's uh, at the moment out injured as well himself. And that. So, because obviously he had the um, calf or hemi, either one, but then got injured, but then one of the other ones started playing up as well. So, yeah. Now, nah, the five that I'd have, I'd have. Either Kennedy or Dugan at the back, uh, Sione Katoa and Mulatalo on the wings, and Sherry and Morris. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'll, Sherry and Morris would start there, but Ramian would get a spot there somewhere as well. I don't want to be John uh, John Morris. I really don't. Hey. I, I don't. I don't despise his position that he's got there. For me, the best for me, obviously, buying injury would be Moylan at the back, and you got Dugan and Morris on the wings, and Cherry and. Ramey in the centres, that's probably their most lethal, but you know, we can cross, obviously, I think Dugan's injured, Moylan's injured, Morris, is he going to the Roosters before round one, is he going there after they play each other, um, time will tell. Mate, you know I'm interested to see to get another shot in the NRL, and he was pretty big last year for Newtown, and very important for him was Sione Katoa, yeah. you know, like before he got injured when he made his debut in the NRL, mate, he was playing good footy. And he got injured, and we always know like when you get injured, someone else comes in, and if they get get given their opportunity, they're gonna take it with two hands. Oh, 100 know, So having seen Katoa there, like I reckon he was a very good last year for you. And then also another one, he's um he's a he's an out he's a real 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 outsider. Most likely will spend his whole year at Newtown, which won't be bad. Really, he's Mawini Haroti. He's signed on to Canola from uh from South Sydney after doing a trial and train, so yes. that now makes it nine. And he's not he's not a bad player. Like, I watched him when he was over at Bears and then I watched him last year at South. He's really, really good. And uh, yeah, so that's you know, that, there's a lot of backs. So oh, definitely. <laughs> to, to be honest, I, I think the Sharks will go under the radar this year. Yeah. That's how they that's how they like to play the footy. That's right, under the radar. No one knows that they're coming and then all of a sudden the shark bites you. That's it. Yeah, no, well, uh, I'm just a big fan of punching in there. <laughs> I've got another at 11. They're in that 8th or 13th bubble that's going to be split by 4 and against. You love your bubble. From the Shire. I'll give you a bubble. Bubble up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> From the Shire to the wooden spoon of the Gold Coast. Patience and time, the key for Holbrook and the head of football. Mal Meninga has a mentor to build the club to a successful future. The club hierarchy as well as well aware that the rejuvenation of their roster is required and even a new boss with the magic touch from Super League success needs time to build it his way. Buy into his philosophy or get out. The draw has not been kind to them at all. Jai Arrow, as we all know, is off to South Sydney in 2021. Nathan Peets... Ryan James, Kevin Proctor, Tyson, uh, Tyron Roberts, Anthony Don, Dale Copley, Philip Sammy, Sam Stone, and Hipgrave also unsigned for 2021. Question: Will they get the spoon again in 2020? No, I've got them moving up two spots. Mate, it's, it's hard to say. Like, 
me personally, I'll be honest, at this time of year, I don't really like getting into the predictions where teams actually want to finish. Uh, like I, I think the Titans, the players just need to have a good look at their attitudes, have a good look at themselves in the mirror. Uh, they got a good thing happening up there now, obviously with Holbrook being there, he brings some success. Uh, he's a good coach and that, but it's just up to what they want to do and bring. And obviously they've got players, as you mentioned, they've got players coming off contract. You know, keep Nathan Peach, you can build a club around him. Keep Kevin Proctor. And I reckon they just need to go out and use the money that they've got and try to get some big name players back to their... Uh, to the club, yeah. Pete, like, Pete's is. I'll give I'll give two three years to rebuild his third year. <coughs> no more excuses. Yeah, but uh, you know Nathan Pete's. You know if he if he if he's fit, he, he's a good player. Uh, you know Proctor. We we all know what Proctor's capable of from from the Melbourne system. Uh, you know the Don Copley, uh, Philip Sammy, they're all kind of fringe. Well, no, they're all they're all fighting to be in, in, in that winger spot. Like Philip Sammy, he ran down at O'Carr. I'd be I'd be saying, hey mate, can we sign you first? Like you've got some speed to burn. Keep your speed. Will I get the spoon again? No, I did say that you know, that they're going to go up two. I reckon they'll go up one. Uh, they'll go the fifteenth, I, th- I believe. Uh, as Trevor said, you've got to you know you've got to give Holbrook. You can't expect him to come in and weave that magic in, in what 10 weeks it won't it won't happen this year I believe if, if look I've got them at 15th if they go to 12th this year they finish at 12th this year that's a tick for Hulk he's brought them off the bottom and brought them to 12th well that comes to my next question <coughs> Ash Taylor back um, rediscovered his love for rugby league uh, he needs to get his form back but his successful year is that 12th or is 15th is his successful year? My thing is, like for any club, if you don't make the semi finals, even if you do jump up positions in the ladder, like I wouldn't be happy unless we make the top eight. That's what every club should be aiming for. Yeah. That's been realistic. That's the, end of, that's the end of the first competition and the start of the second competition is getting to that eight. That's your first competition. That's done and done. That's 26 hours. So the competition isn't. Isn't you know twenty six rounds plus five weeks of footy uh, finals? It's twenty six weeks of football, and then a new competition starts because you get you get rewarded for coming first. So basically, that's a competition to yourself. Hundred percent. But I feel <laughs> <laughs> I feel that the Titans have got a great they've got a great squad and a roster as you mentioned, Trev. It comes down to attitude. Like there was a few of those games last year, they were up by twelve, up by sixteen, up by by sixteen against Melbourne, and then all of it, they didn't score a point. They got beat by forty odd. You know what I mean? So it just comes, it just about turned up for each other, I suppose. But onto um... oh, before we go there, man, I've got an X factor, and again, it goes back to the nines. But you don't gauge much from there, but you gauge attitude and that. And Tyrone Peachy had bundles of attitude in that nines. He had a good attitude there. He was. In everything for the Titans, in, in in the games that they played, so I I believe Tyrone Peachy X Factor. I also believe Tyrone Peachy at five eight. Man, I reckon if Tyrone Peachy, Cartwright, a fire, and that I know everyone's going to be looking at the big man, the halfback in Taylor, but if Cartwright and Peachy are firing for the Titans and the forwards are doing their work, 
You look at that mate, Tyro PG58 down the left edge into into the car right, then into into Anthony Don on that left edge. That 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 left edge there, Titans, if they all click and they all play with a great mentality, it can be real good for, for Titans and that's where most of their tries could come. It's gonna be a good year. <coughs> Moving on to Melbourne though. <coughs> we say this every year. You and said it. You said it. And again, it. I said it last year. I, I had him outside the eight. Bloody bastards! They went one game from the final. So I think that might have premised too. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, 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 we won't worry about that one, asshole. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the slide of the Melbourne Storm. You know, Bellamy and Co. always find a way to prove us wrong. Uh, the club has lost a lot of key experience and quality players every year. They lose it, but again, they always continue to breed future stars. And the new ones have already brought into the philosophy of uh, Bellamy. Whether they have enough firepower to, uh, to come September, we'll just have to wait and find out. Croft, uh, Scott and Chambers have moved on. Riley Jacks returns. Uh, Matty Johns' son, Cooper Johns, has been upgraded. And they've also brought Brent Coley in. The draw, they won't play a home game until uh, round three. A trio of five-day turnarounds between round three and nine. Uh, three home games in the final round. That will also be a good thing to be able to uh, cement their final spot, depending on where they are on the ladder. Right. The reason why we spoke to we spoke to uh, uh, who who do we have here late like, last year uh, that's gone to the Bulldogs. Uh, Stimson. Yeah, Joe Stimson. We spoke to Joe, and yeah, he said that you know the philosophy is straight up. It's your first two weeks that you're there. You you don't even tr you know train. You go out and you do your work, and then you come to training. You know, do that full time training. You go and you go and and, and say, hey, this is how it was in the seventies and eighties where we worked our ass off, and then you came to train afterwards. And nine out of ten jobs, nine out of ten times, those jobs are scaffolding jobs, labouring jobs, jobs where you're using your muscles, tiring yourself out, and then you go to train and get your ass whooped again from from Bellamy's uh, fitness regime. So, you know, you, they, they get down there and that's the first two and a half weeks that they get and, you know, only one player has rebutted that and, and didn't like that and that was big Georgie Rose. So, you know, the amount of players that Craig Bellamy brought down there over the years since since he was coaching 2003, you see how many careers he's kicked on. There is something that he does, something about the way he does it, that works. And what, what I've, like I've spoken, I've been fortunate enough to speak to players over the years who have played down in Melbourne. And what I've been told from each player that has gone down there and been part of their system, he makes each individual take ownership of what they need to do. Yeah, exactly right. And, uh, and he's very, and especially like uh, you were just mentioning about the players get told they have to go out and work for a living. When they come back, and that he says to them, do you like it? Ah, well, enjoy what you got now. You're gonna, that's what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. <coughs> exactly. So, oh, mate, he just, he's very big on discipline, hard work, <coughs> and like just a shout out for Craig as well. He was actually um, just recently named in the Canberra Hall of Fame as of yesterday. But, but him as a player, he, now he wasn't your superstar, but he understood what hard work was and he's brought that mentality that he had as a player into his coaching and a trapping off on the players. A few questions here. Who partners um, Cameron Watson and Arves? Is it, is it uh, Riley Jacks? Is it 
uh, Cooper Johns, is uh, Jerome Hughes. Jerome Hughes will get first crack. Right? Yeah, I think Jerome Hughes will get first crack. Uh, me personally, uh, do I see him as the long-term halfback for Melbourne? No, I don't. But uh, I don't know what, but he's, he must have something that he sees. But I, I just think uh, he, he was one of the main reasons why I think Melbourne didn't make the grand final is huge because he just doesn't have that patience. Like, I think they just need someone who's going to be a little bit more calm, someone who's going to think more clearly. Uh, I believe giving Riley Jacks or Cooper Johns a crack at it <coughs> first up. Mate, I reckon Owen, if, it, if they're Owen 4, with Jerome Hughes at halfback, he'd be, you know, well, he, you saw it last year, he cut Brady Croft. He doesn't have, he doesn't have any, any, any favouritism. If you, if you're playing shit, you're gone. I reckon if they're 0 4 or 1 4, out, out, goes, out goes Hughes and in comes Cooper Johns. He he really carved up for the Sunshine Falcons. Uh, one other question. Uh, Harry Grant, will he stay at Melbourne or is he off to the Tigers after that failed um, transfer? Well, I've heard um, there's good talks again to get the swap to happen. And that so just recently as of this week, uh, there's talks of it. Um, they're back into negotiations again, and the NRL is involved. So just be. I, I just think something needs to happen so players know where they're going to be, what they need to do, and then we can just cut it out. See you later. Well, it's a sixteen thousand dollar discrepancy. Yeah. Surely, either way, you know. And, and this year, like if I was in the NRL, I'd be going the NRL. We'll clear that sixteen thousand dollars because it's groundbreaking. It hasn't happened. It's a, they, tri- it's a trial and error. And exactly. They so need to try it. Go 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 through with it. Trial it and, and you know cover that sixteen thousand. Surely there's enough in that bloody goddamn war chest they have there at North Park <coughs> that they're able to you know let the sixteen fly so they can they can see if this is going to work. That's it. So now we'll move over to the Bulldogs. <coughs> Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. <laughs> Another long-term injury for Kieran Foran means a lot of pressure on the young halves in Wakeham, Cogger and Lewis. It's simple for it continue the momentum at the back end of 2019 and 2020. They've picked up some handy buys in uh, Stimson, Britt and Katoa. Uh, the draw has been kind as they face the best three sides of 2019 in the Roosters, Raiders and Storm just once each. So there's no excuses about a tough draw. Dean Pay has done a reasonable job given the salary cap mess he inherited with the club making some uh, value signings and bringing through some talented youngsters. The biggest off-contract name is Kieran Foran in the final year of his three-year deal and still just 29. Foran is aiming to return from major shoulder injury, uh, shoulder, shoulder surgery, not injury, sorry, in the mid-late season. It's been a frustrating 24 months with injury for the Kiwi star, not least because his form has been good, <coughs> has been so good when he has got on the field. Question, boys: If you were Dean Pay, would you re-sign for it? And who are your six and seven at round one? It's a tricky one with Foran because when he's on the field, as you as we saw the back end last year, um, they had a chance to. Turn their season, a desire season, into almost making the eight. If it had a couple of results go their way, 
Uh, I don't re-sign him. Um, if I do, it's probably half the money. But look, they've got three great young halves there that I'll be um, putting money into them to lead my club moving forward. Yeah, it's a tough situation. Uh, I, I guess the fact that Kieran Foran's starting to do things for his junior league club now, uh, Asquith Macquise, it, it shows that he, he realises that he might not have a contract at the end of this year if he cannot get back on the field. Ideally, he needs to get on that field round 15. Round 15, round 16, and have six, seven, eight games of quality football to show that, hey, I've still got it, without getting injured. But, you know, with the hamstrings and now the shoulder, you know, it's a double shoulder surgery. Uh, I, I feel I feel he's, he'd probably be better, better utilised now as a as a house house coach at, at a club. Uh, unfortunately, you know, as, as we all say, you know, injuries happen and uh, it's how you bounce back from them. But the fact that he's had a lot of injuries in the last couple of years, you know, do you, do you sacrifice, you know, do you go and play for another year or two and then when you're 40 years of, old, of age, you're walking around with walking sticks and you're, you're sore and that, who I have for six and seven in round one, Brendan Wakem 5'8", Lock, uh, Lock and Lewis at, at halfback. Uh, Coggan will get his chance there. He is a Barella Bear boy as well, so he's a local to the dogs. But that's that's that. I've um, So I've got, out of those three that we just got through, Titans, Storm and Dogs, I've got Titans at 15, Storm at 4th, Dogs at 14th. Moving on to... Six again. I mean, six again. Oh, yeah. I mean the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> From 10th in 2018 to a grand final in 2019. Can they go one further in 2020? Stewart got right, got rid of the big boppers from a morph to a more mobile <coughs> forward pack. In come a few tough poms to shore up the defence and start creating that winning culture. Their whole right side attack has moved on in 2020. Caesar, BJ Lelua and Jordan Rapana. In comes... George Williams and Curtis Scott will come in to that right side with a few other um, boys fighting for that last wing spot. It could go to the ever-reliable uh, Simerson or it could go to the under-20s player of the year in... No, let me semi-value or something. No, no, no. The hyphenated fella, he played in the nines. Harley... I don't know, I can't remember his name. <laughs> but he's under 20 uh, last year for six again. For six again. <laughs> um, I can't remember his name, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> must, no, have been, must have been back then. No, no excuses in regards to the draw, as the first four from six are at home. Questions. How will George Williams adapt to the Raiders' structures? I, uh, I believe... Do you if I'm oh, You can jump in if you want, so everybody. Would George, you uh, he's come from Wigan. He's linking back up with Bateman. And like I've always said, you know, bringing these players in. And again, you mentioned it earlier, people don't rate the Super League, but when you come from winning cultures, mate, like, he could be the man that could take him to the, that next step, George. On a, and that, because he's come from a winning culture at Wigan. Like, he, he understands what success is. And, that, and when you're bred into it, because that Wigan, mate, like, you're bred into the winning culture at Wigan, you know. So coming over, obviously <coughs> uh, Bateman came, he done really well, you know, and he, he's fired up the NRL, obviously, and that. But I just think George Williams could be the man to do it. 
uh, who can take it. You know, he's that calm head. Caesar was good, but you know, like he's done good now with the Huddersfield Giants. <coughs> again, coming back to George with the Raiders, can he be that man to lead him? Oh, I think he can, and it'll be good for him. I see it a bit differently. So in the last, the last four, um, the last four. You know, uh, Englishmen that come out this way for a So you've got Hodgson, you've got Hodgson, you've got Whitehead, you've got uh, Bateman. Bateman, and then you also have Ryan Sutton. So Ryan Sutton hasn't really kicked on yet um, to to where the other three are. I reckon I reckon it's just gonna take Georgie Williams just that little bit longer to to adapt to not so much the Raiders structure, but I guess how. Um, the, the, the weather so to speak. We say that you know, oh, we, we say that we say in the winter, yes, the winter is great, but down there in the summer, Canberra you know, it's gonna be pretty hot and we've had the fires there as well. So look, I, I I believe he's going to be good long term. I just feel that it's probably gonna take him maybe eight to ten rounds just to settle in, understand the structures well. Uh, just for yeah, just for and just for that reason, that's the reason why I've got Raiders down at sixth. Um, just on the that under oh, tw- under, under twenties player of the year was Harley Smith Shields. Ah, uh, the other name, see? So you can adapt in there. Uh, how will they cope with the that pressure now? So to back up last season's form. So everyone's looking at them. They need to go one better now. They've been there. They've been <coughs> in amongst it. They've made their grand final. They always say you got to lose one before you win one. How much, How can they cope with that? How are they going to cope with that pressure? Oh, they're going to have a lot of pressure on them at the Raiders. Due to their form from last season, and that like obviously yes, they have lost a few players, but they've gained some as well. It just depends on how they want to do it. And the signing of Curtis Scott, you know, like again, he was had success when he was at Cronulla and the SG Ball. He's had success at Melbourne, so they're bringing in another person who just knows success. So it all just depends on how they want to do it. But uh, <coughs> I think Canberra will go well. And I, I can't wait to see how well they do go. Sticky's just got to bring 29 in 2020. Same, same off field, same, same, same way they've done it in 2019, do it again in 2020. Yeah, don't, don't, <coughs> over, don't overthink things, don't overcomplicate it, and just stick to what, what works. works. <coughs> on the South Sydney, 4 to 1 game short for two years straight. Again, the Rabbitohs finally reached that grand final in 2020 and take home the club's 22nd premiership. Dean Britt, Connor Tracy, Adam Dewey, George Burgess, Kyle Turner, Sam Burgess, John Sutton and G.I. have all moved out of Redfern for all different reasons. We won't uh, talk too much about the medical retirement because it pisses a lot of people off. In comes Latrell Mitchell, Bryson Goodwin, Denny Gebby, Troy Dargan, Jackson Borlo and Stephen Masters. Adam Reynolds has been named the new captain of the club. Uh, Daily M Lock of the Year, Cameron Murray moves into the second row, of, uh, second row position vacated by... Uh, the now retired Semi Burgess. They start off the season against Sharks, Broncos, and Roosters, and the Storm. Uh, two of those uh, uh, sides playing you know, finals, the Premiers and uh, minor Premiers, all in the opening month. That's going to be really, really good, good setup for them. Uh, it'll gauge them on, on where I believe they they are in the season. Um, the questions that we have, and I'll leave this first question to last, but do they have enough depth? In the forward, we saw uh, 
Patrick Margot go down with a pectoral injury, so he won't. He's been upgraded to top thirty, but he won't be available now until round thirteen. Before off air, we were mentioning it. Uh, I don't. They got lethal attacking everywhere. But I said if they have a couple injuries uh, in the back, in the back row there, or in the forwards, I feel they find themselves a bit struggling towards towards the end of the uh, and they may miss the finals in regards to that. But if they all fit and healthy. Uh, I feel that you know they'll give the the comp a real hot crack. Yeah, no, mate. I, I feel like they they are a few forwards short. Like obviously, that, but at the end of the day, like I'm like when we caught up with Craig Coleman, like you know we always we all agree that you can't replace a Sam Burgess. They did try hard to get Jai Arrow to come down earlier. And expected, but even even Jai Arrow is not Sam Burgess. No, I don't. No one's Sam Burgess. Like you, as I said, you can't replace a Sam Burgess. But they try to get a Jai Arrow to come down to make up for the size that they're going to miss. <coughs> and that, but um, at the end of the day, oh, I think they are a few forward short. And that their back line is good, but it's all how they forward pack. If their forward pack goes out and hunt and bash the opposition forwards, well, that's going to lay the platform for their backs. Before before we talk about Latrell, Kieran Murray. Moving to the second row from lock, lock of the year. What's your take on that, Travis, just quickly? Well, I think uh, it, it can be good and that because the many young ass are really worried about the one side, but he does make a lot of tackles on both sides, so it just depends on how they want to do it. But uh, <coughs> still, I just think uh, they should have probably just left him at lock and keep him where he was. Terrell Mitchell, you know, we've seen, what, 55 minutes or 60 minutes of him at fullback? That, that's the uh, indigenous game and also one half of um, one half of the uh, charity shield. Charity shield, where he's uh, knock on was the first ever captain's captain's challenge, which proved to be in the dragon's favour. Do my, we see him? My short is full, fullback this year, or will he go to the left centre? My short and sweet with the troll. Give him a. He's had a full pre-season at South Sydney. Give him a full season. At fullback, he's going to get. That's Latrell Mitchell. He got. He he scored two hundred and fifty points two seasons in a row. Went back to back at with the Roosters, and he still received hate the way he plays. Got dropped from New South Wales side for whatever reasons. He's always going to hate have haters there. I feel he's always going to have haters there. He's going to have haters for him. Maybe his fitness is not up to scratch. Gi Junior, whatever you want to call him. Just let him play the whole year at fullback. Let him adapt to that. That's where he wants to play. Then it's up to him, ideally. To adapt his game into being a full, into being an NRL standard fullback. Yeah. Well, as like I say, and quite a few people who know me know, I've been saying Rome wasn't built in a day. Can he adapt to fullback? Given the opportunity, I think he can. I think he probably just needs just to do a little bit more training and that, and be more on, the, on his mobility and that, be more mobile because we all know these in this day and age, like to be a fullback. You know, like I'm not saying he's got to be a Billy Slater, but we know Billy's laid the platform for the next generation fullbacks and what they want. And that, so, but I, I do hope that Latrell gives it a good shot, good crack at it. But uh, from there, it's, it's all up to him. Really, Just got to, yeah, short sweep, back yourself. You've got that protection there that you, you can't get the links taken out when you're going for the ball. Right. Get, get, get yourself into that better position. Uh, you know, we saw it there in the Indigenous game, he let the ball bounce, and then also he. Uh, yeah, you know, he, he knocked on in the Cherry Shield. I've got them eighth. Okay, guys, uh, we've, uh, now we'll move on to the <coughs> West with the mighty Penrith Panthers, up the foot of the mountains. 
uh, a series of off-field incidents killed the Panthers season before it even started in 2019. Fast forward a year later, those incidents have handed their repercussions and the club has moved on. A tough girl in pre-season camp has the players in tip-top shape. McKendry, Grant, Maloney, uh, Dallin and Regan Campbell-Gillard have departed. Coruscant, Tedavano and Kurt Catewell are the off-season recruits. The Panthers have a difficult start with clashes against the Roosters, Storm and Raiders inside the first five weeks of the competition. Which will win all three. <laughs> but they finished the season with five from the last seven games at home. Ivan used the most players in 2019-33 and handed nine players an NRL debut. Huge weight and expectations now on Nathan with uh, Maloney departing. It's time for him to smit himself as his own in the NRL. Who replaces Miney at six? And is Ivan's job in trouble if Penrith don't make the eight in 2020? Who replaces uh, Maloney? It's simple, Matt Burton. Uh, Jerome, yeah. Jerome, yeah, Jerome Lewis was seen oh, in the trial against uh, Parramatta, was training, uh, was playing in that in that 14 role. He came in and played uh, dummy half. Matt Burton's a straight, straight line player. He doesn't go sideways. The problem that I see with uh, Nathan Cleary is that if he can't get straight, he'll go lateral. Jerome Luai is just naturally a, a lateral player. He'll go across field until he finds a spot to cut in, and that's no that's no disrespect to him. It, it's good to have have that vision to go across and, and be able to cut in, and you can do that. I believe Matt Burton's got a calm head. He's from the bush. He's played against grown men already. Um, he will be the 5'8", and got a couple of lot of slack when I did do the, the top 17 predicted for um, Penrith, but... Four days after I done that, my um, my my idea there was backed by Matt Burton being given top thirty. Ivan's job in trouble, not really. Some five year deal, contracts don't mean mean shit really. But do Penrith have do do Penrith want to be paying out another coach while having another coach there? No, um, no. So they they don't really want to do that. I've got Penrith second. <laughs> uh, for me, Luai uh, will play six. I think he's been there. Um, Waiting to take that number off Maloney for for quite some time. Um, no, his job's not in trouble, but maybe in 2021. Moving on to the Warriors, they finished 13th last season, and on paper the roster hasn't improved from last year, but they will be boosted by the return of their best forwards, Toby Harris, who missed the back half of uh, 2019 with a uh, through injury. Wade Egan comes in, Isaac Luke, Blake Ashford, Liggy Sato, and Sam Lasoni have uh, moved on. The big changes are in the actual football department with the former Wallaby strength and conditioning coach Craig taking over from Alex Corvo as the club's head of performance and an experienced NRL mentor Nathan Brown joining Kearney's staff as an assistant coach. Warriors lost the last six games by seven points or less, proving that for all their faults they weren't that far off. The club's new outright owner Mark Robinson has said anything less than top eight finish in 2020 We'll see Coney's job at risk. Twelve of the current, uh, the twenty-one current players in the roster squad are off uh, contract in twenty twenty. Two quick questions: Who's under pressure, Coney uh, or McGregor? And do the Warriors have to get that better player out of you when they're travelling and seeing they're travelling every two weeks? Oh, definitely. Like, to be honest, like I know that the. With the Warriors being over in NZ, they don't get the media attention like the Dragons do. But Kearney is definitely under pressure, you know. Like they've got rid of the uh, last majority of the coaching staff from last year. They got rid of Nathan Kalis, who was the, <coughs> cup, uh, the Canterbury Cup coach. So, mate, he has to be under pressure because who else can you blame? 
You know, obviously, yeah, you can look at the players, but at the end of the day, players' attitudes reflect leadership, and if his leadership isn't there, he has to be under pressure as well. And that. Uh, yeah. Kearney's gone. <laughs> I won't give him until past April. <laughs> I think they start bad. Oh, to the West Tigers. Last two years, the club has finished ninth to ninth. So close, but not good enough. All the, all the, all they had to do was win their final game of the season last the, last year at Leichhardt Oval to end the eight-year finals drought. Along with a couple of new additions to the playing roster, fresh faces have also been added to the coaching staff under Maguire. Uh, Andrew Gray was announced as the club's new. Head of performance in after four, after four seasons at Cronulla, while former Rabbitohs Canterbury Cup coach Shane Milford has signed as Maguire's assistant. According to the NRL data analysis, West Tigers were handed the second easiest draw based on 2019 results. The side kick off their NRL campaign away to the Dragons in round one, with their first month of the season played against teams that finished below them on the 2019 ladder. So no excuses again on that front. Questions. Where does Adam Dewey fit in? Well, Adam Dewey has played every every position except for winning that back line. So he can go anywhere from one to one to seven really. I I'll see him oh, shit. I'll see him in centre because Moses in by. Uh, first shot to wear the number nine jersey, I see Billy Waters getting that one. Yeah, no, we've Adam Dewey, mate. <coughs> Just like uh, what Fife said. Now you can play in most positions. Just depends what uh, right fit is uh, for the Tigers. The number nine, Billy Waters. Yeah, you've got to give it to Waters. Not Reynolds. Uh, Reynolds come off the bench. Fourteen. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll move on here, guys. Uh, we've got Knights new coach Adam O'Brien has spent the off season challenging his players physically and mentally with an aim to make them more resilient, more comfortable being uncomfortable and not so reliant on the performance of superstars Ponga and Mitchell Pearce. Jaden Braley, Jihemat Shabaski, I love that name, and Inari Kuala arrive in the Hunter. O'Brien will see, uh, will expect the likes of Bradman, Best, Phoenix, Crossland, Stafford, Toa, uh, Girard, Mama Sia, and Pasami Solo to push for positions in the NRL team as the Knights target a return to playoffs for the first time since 2013. The draw? Only uh, they only have two home games in the opening six weeks of the competition, so home advantage isn't a thing going off last year's form. Where they played four from five at home to start the season and only won one. Quick question to you guys: What does Adam, Adam O'Brien bring to Newcastle, and who's going to play five eight? Yep, Adam O'Brien. He brings experience. He comes from winning cultures. Now he's, he's been at the Melbourne Storm. He's been at the Roosters. So he's going to uh, be bringing a good winning culture, and obviously. Hopefully they can wear off on the young Knights team. man. Exactly what Trev said. I'd love to see Watson at six. I'd like to see Phoenix Crossland at six. Uh, Adam O'Brien, he's a rookie coach. We're going to have to give him time. I have Warriors at 16th, uh, getting the spoon. Tigers 13th and Knights in that bubble um, 10th position. On Moving on. On to the Premiers. Uh, simple questions. Um, three, Pete, yes or no? No, even though I've got them finishing one of premiers. No. Oh, mate, it'll be close. They'll, they'll, they'll push hard for it. Uh, how much pressure's on Flino? Replacing Kronk? A lot. Really, really a lot. Um, depends on how cool his head is. Does Josh Morris end up at Bondi before round one? 
No, he'll get there. He'll go after round five. He'll be there before June the 30. And that's uh, that, that's the uh, wrap of the uh, preview. We will uh, be back with the uh, NRO advert expansion and any other thing that we can think of in our big rugby league brains. See you soon. And we're back uh, for the next segment on the final whistle. Uh, on the next segment, we're going to actually be talking about the new NRL advert. Guys, <laughs> what do you want to talk about when it comes Mate, to the advert? So it's very, 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 it's very... <sighs> simply the best? Simply the, simply the, simply the, uh, simply the, uh, the, 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 uh, as our ad, the original ad, even though we were uh, young kids at the time, you know, with YouTube, you're able to watch the ad. And what I saw in the ad back in 1990 was just simply players um, warming up, training, doing the hard yards in the preseason. Although we've got that in the new ad, we've also got uh, females kissing, which I don't have a problem with, however, the growth, and this is what we just said about it, the growth of the women's game has gone through leaps and bounds in the last five years alone, and all the NRL seem to want to bloody do in terms of the women's game is show two women sharing a passionate kiss after a hard game. Nothing about the fact that, you know, Maddie Studden throwing a 15, 20 metre left to right cut out pass in state of origin nothing about Ali Brigginshaw doing pinpoint kicking into a corner for a winger nothing about Isabel Kelly Jessica Sergis Kezi Apps you know Kirsty uh, Hilda or Kerry Hilda yeah Kirsty Hilda you know none of, none of the players actually tackling or putting on manoeuvres that some of our Harold Matz players uh, are only just starting to do properly, you know. So that there alone, that one there alone, that's bullshit in my option, in, in my per- opinion. Six, six, six seconds total promotion of the women's game in that. Six seconds. Six. And, and that was two girls kissing. Two girls kissing. That's right, and it, it was wrong. <laughs> you know, like two girls kissing. If that's the only thing they could highlight about the women's game, mate, like whoever came up with the idea for this. They just need to have a good, long, hard look at themselves. And like we said, we just spoke about... The next thing is we just spoke about... Um, well, Greenberg, well, Greenberg uh, come out and it's, it's said it's genuine and authentic and they're going to they're gonna defend it. So... But then they go they, and they edit it. They, did they edit it? No, they're, they're back. Oh, they've done a shorter version, but still, like in the day, mate, like Tina Turner, right, was the voice of Red Bull, but like before... She done simply the best. It was what you got was what you see. Yeah, man, that song was awesome. That even got me pumped as a young kid as well. And then simply the best, and that was the song for a good, quite a few years there, a couple of seasons. And man, don't get me wrong, I was happy to have simply the best back. But the ad and just everything they done, like, <coughs> just wasn't right. It just didn't feel right. It started off good, and but it just did not feel right. It did not feel Tina Turner. The, the other bit, and look. You know, people say it's divisive. People say it's 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 whatever it is. Um, you know, having having Latrell Mitchell stand there with an Aboriginal flag, as much as it, it's good, you know, uh, the Aboriginal players and the Aboriginal people 
have been in our games for a long time. But I, I feel that the NRL went to tick too many boxes. Uh, you know, if okay, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have um, Latrell Mitchell there with the Aboriginal flag, have Cameron Smith there with the Australian flag, have Jason Tamalala with the Tongan flag, have have uh, Anthony Milford with the Samoan flag, have Billy with the Greek flag, Billy McGillis with the Greek flag. If you're going, you know, if you're after inclusiveness and everyone, anyone oh, from all walks of life can come and play our game. Well, that's what you need. You need everyone holding a flag that has played top line a rugby league. You know, Jane Mockenball with a Nigerian flag. Like, if you're going to have one person with one flag to tick a box, tick the whole goddamn box that goes with it. And there's over 40 odd countries that I am aware of players that have played top line football in the last 10 years. Like, you've got to tick all your boxes rather than just trying, you know, and, and and again, they've done what the ad's done. What it's what it's what, what they've done. Well, what what they wanted the ad to do is what it is. Everyone's talking about it, and it's yeah. Well, let's talk about the blunders. <laughs> yeah, so we love the blunders. Can, can I grab the yeah. first one that I love? Yeah, mate. Tommy Trevoy <laughs> must have been running out of his mum out of the hospital, and they must have been running out of the the, beat, the hospital over in Manly because mate, like it says, nine ninety six. And he was born in '96, and but on the other has him playing football in the backyard. Well, well he is. He with is, the, he with is the Super League wall. Yeah, he is six foot six though, so you know he could have been a tall bubba. <laughs> True, he could have been a real, very like, the, real talented baby. Jesus Christ, man! What's had, in the water at Moonavale? He had the Super League. They had the Super League wall in the background. Like, yeah. Why do we need to include that? We've, like, we've moved on. No one wants to talk about Super League War, do we? <laughs> no, Super League War was basically the death of, death, death, death of the game that we knew it, and, and that's where the money came into it. That's where the money came into it, you know. We, we, we hear the story a lot, and Matt and John's talk about the story a lot, you know. The, 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 the competition between ARL and, and Super League, the one that was going to win was whoever got Newcastle. Yeah. And Newcastle went with the ARL, ARL. You know, Chief Harrigan, Andrew Johns and Manny Johns were offered shitloads of money in, in Manny Johns' term and they went with the ARL and then that's how Hunter Mariners yeah. came around. Yeah, well, let me tell you a story, right? Uh, this goes back uh, 20 years ago. I had a mate called Andrew Farrell that used to work in the rugby league office at Penrith 20 years ago and, and I met him through the referee association in the junior, Penrith Juniors. And before that, he was working in the rugby league office for the Hunter Mariners. <coughs> now, he told us his story that he had the Hunter Mariners car, right? Drove it, went out one day in the car, came back, mate. It was damaged. It was like it's like rocks had been thrown at it. Like everyone up in up in the Hunter hated Hunter Mariners because they were all about the Knights. Mate, and when Hunter <coughs> Mariners made the grand final of the Super League World Cup Challenge. No one knew about it. Yeah, no, she, she you know, it, Newcastle is Newcastle's team. There was never going to be another team there. The only thing, only good thing that probably came out of the Hunter Mariners being around was that players were... Players got same. And then mm. obviously moved into the Melbourne system when Melbourne came in 98. Second blunder, South Sydney being reinstated in the competition in 2000 where they showed Sutton, um, with Sutton's jersey with his name on the back, but they didn't debut to 2004, so their dialect and all the timeline there is Oh, is yeah, and that's stupid there because they um, they re, redone it, redone the march with a few people in there. 
So just take the original X. So if you, you know, if you want to, if you want to make it legit, just get people walking down. Like you know, Craig Coleman was walking down. You could have yeah. had Craig Coleman, Craig Coleman on the uh, on the on the ad there. You know, who would have brought back that. You know, because Tugger was around when the original ad was done. What a master! What a master stroke! The NRL kicking out South Sydney and then chucking it in in the NRL advert. Master stroke, mate. <laughs> and then the third one is uh, the inaccuracy of the NRL. <laughs> Uh, when they done the footage of the Bulldogs fans watching Hazard Elmazri's final game for the club, the NRL's caption dates it as 2010, and Elmazri's final game was 2009. Uh, in terms of uh, the most screen time, Knights and Souths got the, the most screen time with 14 seconds. There was nothing about um, Roosters back to back yet. The Broncos back to back back, back in 1993 was shown. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> You're coming in the 2020 season. Let's 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 just try to keep the stuff up to date. You know, we don't need to go back to the 90s to do all this stuff. The Viking clap in the streets, not in the stadium where it was performed. I don't know how they would have got 30,000 people into the stadium. So I guess I can live with. They could have took footage from the Raiders again, Viking clap again. They could, they could have took footage again, but I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, we don't. We talk about the flag. Um, now Latrell Mitchell's. In- Latrell Mitchell holding the indigenous flag gets more screen time than Storm, Roosters, Dogs, Panthers, Broncos, Eels, Sharks, Dragons, Warriors, all combined. Maybe, like, I just think they just missed out on everyone. In that, like, <coughs> like, you know, there was only a few clubs that were concentrated on a few other things. And that, like, I, I just think that, you know, they just need to recess, you know. You, a game is, you got every club... <coughs> And that's what they should have done. They should. You know what? You know what? You know what would have been better? Then making five forty-second ads with each different ad having a different. So you know, say say add add one block. Penrith, Para, Tigers, Bulldogs. You know, so you you, you Western area. Then you have one for the St George, Mm. Rabbits, uh, Roosters. Sharks and Manly, and then you have another one for your for your Interstaters, your, your Melbourne, and then your three Queensland teams and, and Warriors, and then the fifth one have the Latrell Mitchell part in that. If you really want it, if you if they're really damn stacked on ticking those boxes, that fifth one could have just had Latrell Mitchell, the women's game, and the kiss in it, and then the other four have every other club in it, and then hold up, everyone's happy because. You're not going to see the same ad. You're going to hear the same music for 40 seconds, but you're going to have different things added in there. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't mind seeing a bit of Makasiva, a bit of Semi Rajaraja for Parramatta. Nor would I, I would have loved to see. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure that the Scott Sattler tackle is, is in the ad, but you know more stuff from the 2003 Grand Final for Penrith. You know more. You know more stuff. Every team except for the Titans have appeared in a grand final and have moments in that grand final where they could be. Even the Warriors, even though they lost, they've been in two grand finals and there was moments in those grand finals back in 2011 and 2002 where they could have added it in for the, for the Warriors highlights into an into an advert. Well, the only Warriors highlight was their first try in the NRL. But why don't put you know, their win against Melbourne when the first team that come eighth, eighth to beat so first. Yeah, that's right. But you got Titans, who are the youngest NRL club out of everyone. That's in there at the moment. They got like five seconds of footage. <laughs> <laughs> the, power, the powers to be, 
and, and the marketing gurus, and this is why marketing gurus, if they don't, I don't know, I, got, I don't know the background of them, but marketing gurus at times, they just need to have a, a better think on what they want to do and when it comes to the game, because as we know, like some clubs, and I know we're going to get onto this when we um, talk expansion, but marketing, marketing gurus at the time, they just got to sit back and be more realistic in what they're going to market. Yeah, no, exactly right, mate. And uh, just on that, good little segue there, Trev, mate. You're really good at your segues into expansion talk. Uh, so NRL CEO Todd Greenberg has said that Brisbane is in the box seat to get the extra team if the game expands in 2023 at the next TV rights deal. Greenberg has said the NRL is doing extensive work on what the game's footprint and the next broadcast deal would look like. He added that uh, that for the game to expand in 2023, we're going to have to make sure those recommendations are on the commission commission's table by uh, towards back end, if not the middle of this year. Now, Dale, you off air in, in our chats the other day, we uh, were speaking, and you've got a radical, well, not a radical idea. It's it's an idea that's happening elsewhere in another sport, which we have obviously taken the captain's challenge idea from as well. Do you see 17 or do you see 18? And you and, and, and explain explain why you see whichever way. Well, we, I'm looking at it from... We all talk about there's too many games in the season. Uh, play <coughs> fatigue, play burnout, injuries, whatever you want to talk about. So 17 uh, teams suits that that what everyone's talking about. Too they, many games. Because they get a buy, there's still eight teams. But then... Not everyone wants a buy, you know what I mean? Leading into, depends when you get a buy uh, in the year, it could always be crucial or it also could do you undone. Uh, so bringing 18 teams, brings a ninth game in, brings an extra extra game of footy, which we all love. So if they want to go down to teams, talk, you know, we're talking about all these head injuries, talking about bringing 18th man in, talking about play fatigue, <coughs> they play too much footy, 17 teams, in my opinion, suits that mould. But if you want, them, if they're talking about making money and they want another game outside of the times that they are now, like 5.30, 7.30, 9.30 or 3 o'clock, whatever, how they have them, they want to have another game uh, in, a, in a different uh, time zone, <coughs> then, yeah, bring in Brisbane. Brisbane's been, you know, itching out for another team forever. The only thing is I say about Brisbane, let's not play at Suncorp. Let's bring uh, another Brisbane team in, but don't play them out of Suncorp. Let's make them their own, their own team. But if we want to go bring another team, we have to bring in Perth. It's just, it's just that, that different time. That obviously that different time zone, but also it creates that that extra live game on Friday, um, and also yeah. the later game on Saturday. So yeah, the question's going to be there is player welfare. Should the if it, look. In my opinion, it's got to go up by twos. It has to go up yeah. by twos. Uh, so I'd bring in... You can bring in the 18, 18 teams. But where do you fit that game in? <coughs> the only way you're going to get that extra game in is if you've got Perth playing an extra second week. Um, because you can have the game over there starting at 6.30 Perth time. And it'll, or even 7.30 Perth time, it'll kick off 9.30 over here, gives us an extra an extra live game on a Saturday night, 
Friday you can have yourself, uh, you know, you can have yourself an eight o'clock game over there, it's ten o'clock over here, so, you know, you'd have to bring, you probably have to bring your Friday night footy forward 15 minutes. It's not going to cut into too much over here. More pre, more pre. And the other there. option is, and as we spoke about, player <coughs> welfare. Bring the two extra teams in. Keep it as eight games a week with 16. And um, have two teams do to buy like what the NFL do. Uh, we don't see the NFL blowing up too much about player burnout. So, and again, they've got like 52 players as, uh, on, on, a, on a game as opposed to us having 17. Yeah, maybe they, got, <coughs> maybe they have three teams within one team. Yeah, no, so. but uh, <laughs> again, on the same, on the same token though, <coughs> they don't complain about player welfare, uh, player burnout. So we could have 18 teams. We could also do that two, two buys per week. In, in, and then obviously we bring the 18th man in. That has to happen. Uh, bring your 18th man in for your head head knocks. You don't want what you saw with Rabbitohs last year have finished in a game with 12 players on the field. That's just that's just a it's detrimental to to that side because of the head knock. So they brought the head knock rule into to safeguard the players. Bravo, but you're not going to allow an 18th man to be to be used. Uh, is Brisbane the right choice, boys? I I think they and. Like I sort of touched on it before, talking about marketing gurus. If they're going to use a team, they need to use a, a club that's already got an established name in the Queensland Cup, in the Queensland Super Cup, Intra Super Cup. So I, at the moment, you've got the Western Corridor bid, which is like Ipswich. Yeah. You've got East Tigers. Which have just come out of the woodwork. We've just come out of the woodwork. But the difference with the with that though, because we've got tigers and licensing with the NRL, I don't know how that will work. Maybe, but, maybe, maybe okay. they change themselves to the Bowman Bowman Magpies. I'm talking to a few Western suburb uh, mag magpie supporters, and when I mean supporters, these guys are your diehards who've been there back in the day when Dallas was playing. <laughs> So these guys have been around forever, and that they're just like, why don't they just let us? If they if they let East Brisbane come in, let us be known as the Magpies, let them be known as the Tigers. But at the same time, another team that I think will be a good fit if they did go to Brisbane would have to be Redcliffe. Yeah, that's my that's my choice. Uh, only, re only reason being they got a, a good stadium. Uh, it's just recently been upgraded to half a mil on it. Yeah, yeah, not just recently. Up, yeah, it's been upgraded, but it's been upgraded where you know, as we know, people have been able to down here in New South Wales and around have been able to see it on TV because of games being played there and that. Um, it's got a good catchment area. They can lead into the Sunshine Coast as well, and uh, and they can get from that central Queensland <coughs> down, even though it's in the north of Brisbane, but still. It will be good for them, and it's not actually in Brisbane itself, and it's Redcliffe, and Redcliffe have got a nursery that goes and good long history in the game that goes back for decades. Yeah, I don't like the Brisbane Bombers. It sounds too. It sounds too AFL for me. Yeah, well, Brisbane, like, you know, if you're going to create a team like that, it's not a team. It's it's a marketing ploy, you know. Yeah. You know, we don't want another marketing ploy. We want people established. You know, so 
And yeah. So can you imagine, right? <coughs> like just hypothetically, right? Brisbane Broncos get what thirty thousand to a game each week. How many out of that thirty thousand go for Redcliffe? Yeah, and there's, 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 how many are going to go? How many are going to go turn up and support Brisbane Bombers? That's right. You know, we saw the South Queensland Crushers back in the nineties when that was like they were like a hundred Mariners of Brisbane. They were a certain <coughs> team, and hardly anyone went and saw them. Yeah, so we're all under the same understanding that if there is going to be a Brisbane side, it has to be a side that's already established with a already got a. a yeah, a fair decent supporter base and can then easily grow off that. Putting a new brand new side in that doesn't have a a, a standing within Queensland already, i.e. like what the Gold Coast Titans did, it's not going to work properly. So Redcliffe, Ipswich, East Tigers, they're the three main, yeah, con- the three main, ones. main contenders that we would we we were all happy with if they were to get a licence. That's it. East Tigers was... are gonna be harder because Obviously, with with the licensing that's already around for West Tigers. Now, I believe it has to go up in twos. So, where does the uh, do, where does the second team come? <coughs> do we do we go Central Coast uh, and have them as the Bears? Do we go to Perth and name them as the Bears? Uh, will North Sydney Bears supporters support of Perth Bears? Probably not. Will they support a Central Coast Bears? Yes, they will. Uh, the, the issue that they're going to have to have there is that when this expansion talk happens, they need to sit down and literally say to John, Singleton, uh, John Singleton that, yes, we are going to come here. Are you willing to, you know, because you know, he's already been there before, he's already said that he's going to pull out, he's pulled it out, he's not going to come back. If the expansion talk is as far advanced as Greenberg's leading on the belief, <coughs> they need to go twos. They can't go up in once. We don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to have buyers. And if you're going to have, you know, again, like we said before, if you are going to worry about it, within 18 teams, you have two, two teams having to buy each week, you've still got eight games. Uh, I believe Central Coast is another one. They, they've got a catchment area at the moment. You know where the catchment area is going at the moment? It's going to Sydney Roosters. Yeah. Uh, Central yeah. Coast Roosters, you know. It'd be great to be able to go North Sydney. All right, boys, you're going to go play Central Coast. You play 10 games <coughs> ten games out of Blue Tongue or whatever it is now, and then two games at North Sydney Oval. We already know that North Sydney Oval is having an NRL TV game this year. Uh, I believe that's going to be packed so out. What about a um, a Bears march up the up the F three to Central Coast Stadium? <laughs> <laughs> Why South South March? South March. Let's let, let's march. Let's march. Um, yeah, about five five. You said let's march. <laughs> but but just on that of uh, Fifey, just another question, mate. This week, what has blown your whistle the most? What's blowing my whistle is the fact that Billy Slater's come out and said there's not enough player talent in the game to support any more expansion, which I believe is a load of bullshit. <coughs> you look at it now. You've got Penrith Panthers, Newcastle Knights, Parramatta Eels, all fielding teams in. Andrew Johns, Laurie Daly, Har- uh, Harold Matthews, SG Ball, Jersey Flegg. That there is 100 players per Club, so that's a hundred for Panthers, 
100 for Knights, 100 for Parramatta. That's 300, 300 odd players there alone. No, they're talking about Queensland sides are coming through as well. Yeah, that's not including Queensland. That's not including uh, reserve grade where there are a, a, th- a fair whack of players that should be playing first grade, but they can't get a contract because you've got them all held up. So you bring in two extra teams, that's 60 players extra already. That's 60 extra contracts. 300 boys coming in, coming through the ranks there. You know, you get yourself more options. Then add into Queensland, you add into Queensland bush footy, you add in New South Wales bush footy. There are talented players that, that, that really deserve to, to, to be having a chance to crack, crack it. But unfortunately, you don't have enough, um, you know, That's enough what I, teams. Just, just with that as well, like, and I'm going to mention Lee Addison here, and, <coughs> and I agree with what he said. At the same time, clubs that recruit, when they go out and recruit players, they're forgetting about the small players as well, because they all want players to be a certain size. Yeah, six foot, a hundred kilos for a winger. That's it, you know, like, you know, have a look at some of those small players, because quite a few of these small players that get left out, you know, and I'm going to mention Luke Schramer here, uh, the older brother to former Gold Coast Titans um, player, uh, Matt Schramer. Like, Luke's one of the smallest men to ever play the game, you know, but he was playing Queensland Cup at the age of 18, but got told he was too small to play in the NRL, but at 18 years old, you're playing Queensland Cup against guys who you've given it to, but you get told, nah, sorry, mate, you're too small. And that, and there's plenty of players out there. Uh, Alfie Langer? <coughs> no, 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 this is in his day and age. I'm not talking yeah, about back going then. back, mate. If I go back, mate, small players were good back in the day. You know? yeah. but, in, in, but in this day and age, they even want to hook. Like Cameron Smith is like six foot three, and he's a hooker. Mate, like, I know when I, like when I was playing, like I'm six foot, and I, and I was a hooker myself, and I, and I was classified as too big to be a hooker back then. But Cameron Smith is six foot three. Well, the other one that brings <coughs> to my mind is uh, the West Tigers winger or fullback Thompson. Corey Thompson. Yeah. Was he five foot nothing? Yeah. And he's tell you why he has eighty or eighty kilos ring and wet, and he has a heart of gold, mate. He throws his hundred eighty. He throws whole eighty kilos. Yeah, that's what I mean, man. We've got to get the small guys back in yeah. the game. Yeah. So you know, getting back to my whistle being blown left, right, and centre. It's getting blown again. Thanks for jumping in. Yeah. But what the <laughs> There's going to be no pee in this bloody whistle by the time we finish with it at the end of 2020, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, getting back to it, mate, Billy, you, what, you, what you fail to forget, mate, is that you were told by Brisbane Broncos that you were too small to play. You only got a shot to put down to Melbourne, and Melbourne were a new franchise at that time. They were only four years old. So had Melbourne not been put in because of your whole there's not enough player um, uh, you would, you still player, you, you, you'd still be riding horses in Innisfail, mate. You wouldn't have reached 300 games. You wouldn't have scored 100, 160-odd tries. So there is player pool there, mate. you just got to uh, stop reading the NRL bullshit that you're fed and actually go out and have a look in grassroots football and see that there is a lot of players out there. And, Trev, that's my whistle being blown today, mate. Just uh, before just before we finish up, <laughs> just before we finish up, this has been a great... Um, Great, great prep talk really into the season. We're all getting a lot off our chest. All right, just before we finish up, Trev, 2023, your magic ball there, your 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 Greenberg, you've taken over the NRL, all right? Oh, well, you got more hair than Greenberg. So that's <laughs> what 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 happens in 2023? Uh, 2023, uh, Redcliffe Dolphins will be into the team, into the NRL, and 
2023 he'll win the comp. I know this is far. So you only bring in one team in 2033? Yeah, mate. I think uh, they'll go with the one team and, mate, I No, but this is your comp. That's right. So one comp. Bring in Redcliffe, bring in Perth, and go from there. Fifey, just on you. Mate, Redcliffe are going to, they're going to be there. They're going to go with another Brisbane or Queensland team. Uh, Central Coast Bears, uh, backed by John Singleton. John O'Dea, uh, flow running the ship there. That, that's where, that's where that's going to be. Uh, and yeah, there'll be, there'll be more players. And the salary cap in my crystal ball in 2023 will see clubs at 16.2 mil. And so that's, uh, we'd like to thank our sponsors, HQ Services, Electrical and Air Conditioning, and uh, PNS Dumpers. Uh, they have uh, brought us fantastic brand new shirts that we will be wearing around at the grounds. So look out for the black and green brigade of the final whistle. And, uh, you know, we'll be around the grounds, and that's starting tomorrow. I'll be heading out to um, Peter Hislop Park, uh, Barella Bears. I'm going out to watch Shannon Gallant's, uh, Shannon Gallant's Campbelltown City Kangaroos going up against St. Clair Comets, formerly coached by Nathan Demanuel, who's now stepped down, and uh, an old Oztag buddy of mine, Scoot, has taken over. That's going to be very interesting. So, Campbelltown's stacked with uh, Peter Bassey rep players from last year, whilst uh, St. Clair have got 13 <coughs> players that are on the top 25 of the under 13s list for Penrith. So, it's going to be a good game. Get down there, get out, get yourself a spot there, make sure you go and uh, help out Parala Bears, buy a sausage sandwich, I know I will be. Sausage sandwich on top of the hill, watching great grassroots football that's where i'll be <coughs> for more information you can listen to our podcast on the anchor app apple Podcasts, spotify and google Podcasts, or hit us up on facebook www.facebook.com the final whistle rl instagram is the final whistle underscore rl and email us on the final whistle rl at hotmail.com get on there guys we are on the radio as of uh, april the 4th we are after clubs to be your uh, be our junior league club in uh, focus each week. Uh, you know we'll come out, we'll get a bit of your history, talk to a few of your players. You play some of your players can request songs that will be played on the hour that we're on the radio. So please share our podcast to all your rugby league fanatics. Until next Wednesday when we preview round one. Ding ding ding. That's the final whistle. Have a good one, guys. See And that's the final whistle.